0: From Relay FM, this is Virtual, Episode Number Forty-Three. Today's show is brought to you by Igloo, the internet you'll actually like. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by Mr. Federico Vettici. Hey, Mike. Hello, buddy. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing very well. It's especially hot here in Rome. Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking about this before. Uh, the summer really is here, which means I'm playing more video games because I'm more. I'm, I'm, I feel I have more time, you know. Uh, work-wise, I'm just, uh, I, I, you know, it's been. WWC is past uh, its course of uh, news and, and events, and now I'm just working on my uh, review for iOS nine. So I'm kind of taking a very slow pace. So it means I've been playing more video games with friends uh, because they're also free. Because you know, uh, they don't have work or school anymore, so I can play video games. And it's
0: been a good week, Mike. I'm happy to hear that.
1: Even if it's really hot and we need to play on the balcony, I ne- i needed to buy like an extra cable to put my TV on the on this huge balcony that you know I have. And um, so we we kind of arranged uh, an outdoors uh, video game setup, uh, which was kind of fun.
0: I-, I have to say, I'm a little bit jealous of that scenario. Because oh, I know. have to continue playing my video games in this increasingly hot room. <laughs> um, and the more I play my video games, the hotter the room gets.
1: Yeah, so I kind of wish... Uh, I, this is a thought that I had the other night. I kind of wish I, uh, there was a way to like stream the entire Wii U or the PlayStation 4 to my television without the HDMI cable. Uh because the other the other night uh I have a, a long cable for the TV, uh like the power adapter for the television. Uh but it was I needed to get another adapter because also the Wii U needed to be plugged into the TV. So I kinda I kinda had a thought it would be nice to have like a little like a Chromecast, a little USB dongle that I put in my TV and I streamed the entire Wii U to the television without having to plug it physically uh because it's a problem because on the balcony I only have one uh, wall uh, wall plug for the for the for the power and so I needed to kind of make make a mess of adapters and stuff it would be nice to stream a console to the to the TV you know
0: um it, i think the problem you'd have there is latency right
1: yeah i know, I know. that would
0: be the, that would be the issue
1: yeah i know and a lot of friends, by the way, um, I'm trying to explain the Wii U to them. They have no idea what is a Wii U. So we, we've been playing Mario Kart 8 and Super Smash Bros. And they know the games. They are familiar with the, with the, with the series. With the... There was a friend of mine um, he used to play uh, Super Smash Bros. You know, on the GameCube many years ago. And uh, so he was familiar with the Nintendo Wii, with the Nintendo 3DS. But when I showed him the, the Wii U, he was like, what's that? And I told him it's the new Nintendo quote unquote new because it's like three years old it's the new or two years old it's the new Nintendo console he had no idea he was yeah. like is it is it like a, a like a like a new like he thought it was like an accessory or like you know a revision of the Wii not not an entirely new console so I needed to explain it and he was like i never ever heard of this console before uh, and and it was surprised because the games looked great you know uh we talked about this many times before the many problems of the Wii U, uh, but it was a fun night. We we drank, uh, you know, wine, beer, on the balcony playing Super Smash Brothers. It was nice. I told you you should come visit me, Mike.
0: It's that the offer is becoming more and more tempting every every mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. But you do have some links for me today.
1: Oh, many many links, Mike. Are you ready for this avalanche of links? I am ready. Okay, so we've talked about Volume, the new game from Mike Bithell, the creator of Thomas Was Alone, uh, many times before. Now we have a release date, it's coming out on PlayStation, Mac and PC on August 18th. So, uh, what is that? Two months and we'll be able to play the new the new game from Mike Bithell. I'm quite excited uh, because, you know, it's kind of like a modern Robin Hood, it's like a stealth game about like taking from the rich and giving it to the poor people and you can create your own stages. So it's kind of like, there's a similarity between volume and Super Mario Maker, but there's also a main story, uh, you know, from Mike Bithell, where we're used to great dialogue, great voiceover uh, from, what's the name of the British actor, Mike?
0: There's a couple of people in this one, actually. So Danny mm-hmm. Wallace is in this, yes. but also I think Andy Circus is in yeah. this as well.
1: Yeah, true, yeah. So we'll... we'll will make sure... I'm gonna buy this game on PlayStation, for sure. I wanna play this game. Um, Anyway, moving on. um, What was that? Two weeks ago, one week ago, we talked about uh, the possible record-breaking Kickstarter campaign of uh, Koji Garashi for the new uh, Castlevania revival, uh, Bloodstained. Well, we were correct. It broke the Kickstarter record for the most funded video game ever with over $5 million. That's a lot of money. Um, there were a couple of stretch goals uh, that were interesting to me, so the game will come out also on PS Vita and on the Wii U. And the problem, uh, at least I see this as a possible problem, the game is coming out in two years, in two, in 2017. So I wonder, two years from now, will, will, will the Vita and the Wii U still be relevant? Because even today... They're kind of on the way out, you could say. You'd expect
0: and- that at least for the Wii U they would upgrade that to the NX or whatever, right? Like, if the NX is out, say, in two years' time, which is likely, I can't imagine it. they would release it for the Wii U, they would release it for the NX. I mean, the Vita might just not exist anymore, unfortunately, <laughs> by that point. Um, and there might not be something that replaces it.
1: Sony had, I think, one beta game at e3. It's mm-hmm. quite sad. It's become a it's become a in the in the past few months it's become a console for weird Japanese games like anime adaptations, of, you know, Japanese stuff and maybe like a bunch of Kickstarter games that are available also on the Vita. I kind of wish Sony put more resources and didn't lose hope in the Vita so early. Uh you know, people love their iPads. So mm-hmm. No place for the Vita. Um, this other link is uh, quite a quite a big news that we didn't discuss because we were busy with E three. Just one so- thing
0: though on that on Bloodstained. I mean, yeah. we're expecting Shenmue will probably eclipse this, right, at some point.
1: It's it is possible.
0: I mean, Shenmue's over three million now.
1: Now, how many days are left?
0: Uh, let me take a look. Um, I was just on that page a moment ago. I mean, because you you know that. Rose so quickly, and I mean, it feels like more of the gamer's game, right? Is, is is the idea? So there's 18 days left, and it's it's just just shy of four million. So mm-hmm. it seems possible.
1: It is. Po- it, it's not impossible. um I don't know. Because uh, I read on, on on a bunch of articles that many Kickstarter games kind of reach this point of. Almost four million, and they kind of stop and then it, there's like a final rush, and they never get to five million, which is uh, why the bloodstained uh campaign was a, like a milestone because it broke the four point whatever uh barrier that many uh, campaigns hit before huh. uh, so we'll see it's like it's like a uh, you know like a rule an unwritten rule hmm. of Kickstarter. They never get to 5 million, and instead this one got to 5 million. You know that the the oatmeal game, the card game, uh, Exploding Kittens, got over 8 million dollars? It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, Insane. Did you buy that?
0: Yeah, I did, actually. Mm -hmm. Nice. I'll have that in a couple of weeks' time.
1: Yeah. So... I was saying, Mike, this is quite big. YouTube is taking on Twitch uh, with this new app and gaming app and, and website it's called YouTube Gaming, and the announcement is from a couple of weeks ago. But essentially, it's uh, Google couldn't buy Twitch, Amazon did, so they're doing their own platform for video games, and this is not just live streams. So this is an entire service. Uh, which will be, it'll have a website, it'll have mobile apps, and it's organized in games and channels. So channels, it's kind of obvious, you can follow people, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe Mike becomes a world famous speedrunner for, uh, you know, whatever video games you like, and people start following your channel, they, they can get notifications, they can comment on videos, and the other thing is an entire explore section, so you can, there's a over 20,000, I think, video games. So each video game gets a page. So let's say League of Legends gets a page. And you go to the League of Legends page and you see reviews, you see um, videos, you see Let's Plays videos, you see speed runs. So it's like each game gets a curated section with a bunch of subsections for types of videos. And for the live streaming component... This is why I think YouTube has a, has, a, has a basic advantage over Twitch. So for live streamers, besides new moderation tools, uh, YouTube announced that there'll, there'll be a feature, two features actually. One, it's like uh, in-game DVR, you'll be able to rewind a live show to watch like the last, I don't know, like a special move or combo that you missed and then go back to the live stream. And then, for live streamers, there'll be a way to automatically create, uh, make a YouTube video out of a live stream. So, instead of having to record the live stream, then save it, then re-upload it to YouTube, the entire process should be happening automatically with YouTube gaming. Which is huge, because, you know, a lot of Twitch uh, live streamers they go through this process of having to first do the live show and then if they want to put in the live show up on YouTube because that's where people go to re-watch the videos and where I could argue it's easier to discover video games um, so this will be launching this summer in the UK so you're happy Mike mm-hmm. and in the US uh, I'm not happy because it would have been nice to have it in Italy but I guess I'll just watch English live streams um what do you think? Do you think uh you know from a from a from the you know the spectators perspective uh, what's your opinion on this?
0: I don't see a world in which Twitch will win.
1: Yeah, it's it's tough, I think.
0: Because it's not like a new comp- it's not like a you know, it's not like a new player has entered the game. It's it's that's not what we're dealing with here because everybody that watches Twitch streams also watches YouTube videos, right? That that Venn diagram must be insane. Like, I cannot imagine the percentage of people that watch live-streamed Twitch videos that don't also watch things on YouTube. So why not just put it all in one place? Like, there is, no, there is nothing for a consumer, I would expect. I mean, at least what we can see now, right? We'll wait and see how the, the service actually is, if they've got some critical flaws. But on paper... Mm-hmm. There is nothing that's for for a consumer that would be like, oh no, I have to keep watching it on t- on Twitch because of X. Like, yeah, that's not a thing that's going to exist. Like, they'd just be like, well, I'll just watch it on YouTube. And also, from a creator's perspective, that that idea of it all just being there and all just living there, like you don't have to upload again or anything like that and I'm sure that there'll be more tools like that from a creative perspective that will be interesting it's just like well I'm gonna use YouTube instead I mean I don't you know I don't know it just there, I'm sure there will be some things because YouTube can be uh, terrible to work with yeah for in some in some respects but providing like I'm saying like on paper I can't see how twitch can survive this it just seems like it will end up with them just starting to spiral down and down the, and down.
1: The comparison I keep coming back to is uh, Periscope versus Meerkat. Yes, and yep. and you know because Periscope is from the big company, which is Twitter, and Meerkat, it's kind of what people were using before, but now there's like the big guy is is into the same game, and it's I I don't envision a, sh- a scenario where two of the same. Services can coexist, especially when people are so into YouTube. Anyway, the only problem that I see, and it would be if the YouTube terms are so um, anti-streamer. So if there's a like basic content ID problems. So content ID is the uh, the technique that Google uses to identify uh, possible copyright infringements in videos. And if those terms turn out to be a big problem for the live streamers, I suppose they the adoption will be slower because maybe Twitch lets people use their own, you know licensed music or whatever mm-hmm. easier. And if that's a problem. So YouTube is saying that they they'll, they'll, they will work out with the live streamers to ensure that they can use music and stuff, and that you know beta game uh, owners, so the big companies, uh, won't be able to issue copyright infringement claims uh, on with YouTube gaming content, which is quite stupid because you know this is free publicity basically.
0: I and don't actually think that many game publishers do anymore, yeah. at least
1: anymore. Nintendo used to.
0: Yeah, but I then think. they did their own weird thing. But
1: yeah, so I see this as a, as a periscope versus meerkat kind of the way that it'll, it'll play out. Meerkat is still around; There's still shipping features, but I think uh, you know uh, the arc of uh, of. Uh, of adoption Grove, yeah we'll, the, the we'll... growth
0: the growth curve has, has probably taken a sharp turn yeah i just feel like even if the terms aren't going to be that great which I pretty much guarantee they won't be because you know youtube it, the audience is going to go there so then you've kind of you kind of stuck you know yeah, if
1: because you, if you i think if you're buying a video game and you want to watch the trailers or videos you don't go to twitch you go to youtube and if while you're there if you can also watch they're just going to you know, promote
0: it aren't they like be like oh exactly. by the way there's a let's play happening right now exactly
1: yeah. and if you while you're there and you happen to stumble upon youtube gaming content that's a win for youtube because they can you know they can kind of use it as a bait you know you go there yep. to watch a trailer and suddenly you're into youtube gaming and it makes sense i think uh so we'll see and you know
0: i pretty much guarantee one of the reasons that they've announced it in advance is because now, or if not already, they're going to the console makers and getting them to make updates for their systems that will include YouTube gaming streaming functionality. So one of the great things about Twitch, right, is it's built into the consoles, makes yep. it pretty really easy. YouTube gaming will be there from day one, I'm sure. I'm sure of that. Yeah. Because it would be done we'll for see. everyone involved not to have that ready.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm curious to to check it out, especially um, if the I suppose they they will have an iOS app mm-hmm. um, to uh, at least watch live streams. Uh, so we'll see, we'll see, Mike. It's uh, this summer. We we don't know when. I think there's no specific date, uh, but we'll check it out. We'll uh, we also gotta find a way to stream you know video games eventually. Are
0: we have been spe- speaking is- about this constantly since we began directional, even. Yeah, see, but We've just we just never gotta, gotten around to it. We gotta
1: take action, Mike. It's uh, the the time is right for us to we live stream. We did
0: it that one time, right? Do you remember with that that car racing game? Yeah, that integrated Mario Twitch. Car? Mario.
1: Car? Oh yeah, the 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 iPhone one. Yeah, and we and streamed it was so bad on Twitch because with it. my connection was so bad.
0: So was mine. I mean, that's one of the biggest problems. But we'll work it out one day.
1: This year, I got a better connection, so hopefully mm. we'll see. Uh, Mike. Mm -hmm. I feel like each episode of virtual is not a real episode unless we mention no man's sky. Yep. So E3 people got to actually play no man's sky. So there's two articles, one from the verge, another one from Kotaku. Uh, the verge played, I think 10 minutes. Kotaku got 15. So basically the same. Um, and they talked about what it's like playing no man's sky. So you can explore, this is true. Uh, how many quintillion words?
0: I can it doesn't even matter how doesn't many, even matter the it's huge. so large
1: and so both articles were like I just got to this planet and I started walking around I could do whatever I wanted I could collect resources which is a huge aspect of the game I could just you know destroy stuff I could shoot animals and creatures but as soon as I you know, as I uh, created a mess out of what was in front of me, there were, like, sentinels coming after me, and this is a recurring theme of the game, apparently, uh, there, will be, like, a wanted level, kind of like in GTA, only on a, on a, you know, uh, intergalactic level, <laughs> uh, you will be, you will become sort of a, of a space criminal, and, uh, and, you can so the articles the articles mention you will be able to use one ship and one uh, one ship and one weapon at a time uh you can of course interchange them depending on the situation you can collect resources to craft better weapon and upgrades. you can also upgrade your spacesuit you know depending if you need to visit like a planet where there's a lot of fire or there's ice, you need to upgrade your your suit and and you know kind of like metroid in a way um I, I read the articles and I'm, I continue to be excited because there seems like there's something to do in this game. Um, it's not like you're just wandering around and doing nothing. You can kill stuff. You can become a criminal. So there's like dogfights with spaceships. So it sounds exciting, right? Doesn't sound like there's. it's a big empty universe and you're just walking. There's stuff to do, which is good, I think.
0: Yeah. Um, I just when are we getting it? Oh man,
1: it's coming to it's coming to PC,
0: you know. On the same day, which is now, I don't, know, I don't know what I think about that. I feel like that there's something in that message, because it, you know, I think it was coming to PS4 first. That I mean, I don't know. It tells me that it's probably delayed in some description. Think and, so? Yeah. I mean, why did that change? Um, no idea. And the fact that like there isn't a date and they I've seen them say that you know they were gonna announce a date at E three and then now they're not doing that. Mm. I, I think we'll that see. it's delayed.
1: So the next the next link is uh, one of those Nintendo things that really drive me crazy. You won't be able to play the new Zelda Triforce Heroes unless you gather two other friends. Not another friend. Two other people so if you're if you're two yeah, you people, can play
0: on your own with you the can AI. play on
1: your own with two with two CPUs in mm-hmm. the game or two people but not another single person it's
0: so you can two. play on your own or with three but not with two
1: that, that's dumb I think yeah. Why? because it, it's 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 already difficult to find at least for me another person with a 3ds but two it's just insane mm-hmm I mean I guess if you work at Nintendo or if you live in Japan where maybe the concentration of Nintendo DS is higher uh it, it can, I guess it'll be easy to find people I just I don't know it's it's I don't know anyone here in my circle of friends with a 3DS the only 3DS person that I know it's like it's you Mike but you don't live close to me unfortunately I don't understand why they don't let you mix and match like people and CPU. That seems stupid to me. And also, if you're playing with, you know, three people and one of one of one of those players has to go, it's game over. Yeah, they Weird. don't let you like continue with the computer with the AI. It's game over completely for everyone. I I don't understand honestly. Like I understand the game mechanics are meant for. You know, three characters, I'm not saying that you should be playing with two characters because I understand like the limitations, the game design, the levels, etc. But just let me mix the computer with another friend, because what if I can find two friends or one of them as an emergency and it needs to go, you know, it's just dumb. They're, they're, they should change this, I think.
0: Well, obviously the game had was designed in a specific way, right? They're not going to change this, but they should have thought about this initially and designed it differently, is my, is my feeling.
1: Or maybe, again, just let me say the third player is the CPU.
0: Yeah, um, but my, my feeling would be like the, the two computer-controlled players, the, the NPCs, or I guess whatever you would call them in this scenario, um, they are programmed to work together like, so the actions that they do, they do them in tandem would be my feeling rather than them being independently controlled by, by the, by the computer. I don't know.
1: I don't know. I think you control, like you issue commands to the CPU when you play alone.
0: Oh, that's so weird. I don't
1: get it. That's weird because, uh, you know, I should just be able to say, yeah, there's my friend and the CPU I'm in charge. Mm-hmm. That, that's quite simple. I don't know. Um, Final Fantasy VII and Shenmue III, these two big announcements from Sony's E3, um, Kotaku has the story, uh, the story of how Sony managed to keep this secret for quite a long time, for uh, for Final Fantasy VII, uh, for over a year, and from Shenmue III, it's kind of like similar timeline, they had to take like secret meetings, uh, they, they they needed to hide from people, from journalists. You know, it's, it's super easy these days to kind of snap a picture and you show, like, a, a Sony executive talking to a video game maker and speculation on Twitter runs crazy. And so I can imagine, you know... Can you, can you, can you imagine knowing that you're working on a Final Fantasy VII remake and you can tell anyone? That would be that. That would kill me. I
0: think. It is kind of crazy that there's been discussions and work going on for a year and it hasn't leaked at all. Like there yeah. wasn't even rumors. Nothing.
1: I mean, there's always rumors, but nothing concrete. You know.
0: Yeah. Because I mean, anybody can make stuff up, but like, you know, rumors backed up by any kind of fact.
1: Yeah, especially when it becomes a meme. You know. Yeah, Final Fantasy VII remake. That's yeah. happening eventually. We don't know when. It's crazy, and and I and I guess it's fascinating for me to think about. You know. These big corporations and these trade secrets and these executives, like, knowing stuff before we do. I don't know. I know that there's a lot of money involved, but it's also from a human level. It's kind of... I mean, there's a person who knows something and he, he can tell. I don't know. It must be heavy, I guess. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the industry and, and video games, <laughs> these, uh, again, this is another uh, link from a couple of weeks ago that I wanted to share w- with our listeners. Uh, by the way, where, where can people find these links, Mike?
0: Oh, they can go to our show notes, Federico, which are over at relay.fm virtual 43, or they can just surf the whole internet and find them on their own.
1: Yeah, and I'm going to give you an exclusive teachy tip. Oh. just for virtual. So wow. people who are listening to the show on the iOS 9 beta and assuming that you want to check out the new Apple Podcasts app on the, on the beta, the best experience for the show notes is the new Split View on the iPad. So just listen to the podcast, tap the artwork to see the show notes, then uh, make Safari become the second app on the right side. Then when you tap the show note. Uh, a link in the show notes it'll just open in the in the sidebar in safari without taking you out of the podcast app it's a great yeah. experience like if you want to check out a bunch of links in a row just put in, you know switch to split view put safari next to podcast tap on the show notes and off they go in safari on the right side it's it's a great great experience for show notes i love it
0: awesome sounds good yeah
1: So this article from Kotaku, again, is uh, how a video game is released in 2015. And it's like a sarcastic but very much true uh, look at how the industry works. Uh, these days, it's a um, it's a fake timeline for for a fake triple A video game <laughs> that goes uh, through the years and and months and weeks of development and announcements and uh, <laughs> it's it was very funny when they mentioned the teaser of a teaser video <laughs> because that's how it works these days you like you release a 10 second teaser for a longer teaser that will be shown like two weeks from now and you just show like a background with some music and then like a logo (laughs) that's totally what's happening these days with these companies showing these brief videos and then making announcements of announcements that's um, if if you find yourself um, in disbelief, anytime a company announces an announcement for an announcement, go read this article because it, it, it captures the craziness of the, the, the video game uh, makers, uh, the press uh, people, everything really. It's a very recommended read. Mike, this next link I, I think you won't understand my excitement, but that's doesn't matter because there's a new crazy good-looking Dragon Ball Video game coming to Europe on the 3DS with over 120 playable characters. It's called Extreme Butoden? But- but- Butoden? Butoden? Extreme Butoden? I don't know, it's Japanese, whatever. Extreme something and it looks really good it's a fighting game from Dragon Ball from the Dragon Ball series so listeners of the show know my affection for uh, Dragon Ball fighting games this one looks much better than the one i used to play when i was younger um There's a bunch of, uh, I didn't uh, pick a specific YouTube link, but there's a bunch of uh, gameplay videos from the Japanese version on YouTube. In fact, if you go to the channel of Nintendan, which is a a guy that I follow on Twitter and YouTube, he had uh, a bunch of uh, gameplay videos for this game. So definitely, if you're into the Dragon Ball uh, series and characters, you should check out this game coming to the 3DS. I think the pre-order is also app on on Amazon, so if you're if you're into this kind of stuff, go check it out. Um, we talked about last week, Mike, or two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, yeah, about the new game from uh, Keiji Nafune and the makers of the original Metroid Prime. Uh, it's called ReCore. It's coming to uh, Xbox One. Uh, we didn't see gameplay videos. We only got like a general teaser or you know uh, C- cgi movie uh for the game and uh, there's an interview with the with the people behind this game so apparently this is interesting it'll be a third person game so no first person perspective like metroid prime you will control this female protagonist called Jaul. Uh, jowl is that how you say it mike jowl
0: um
1: how would you say that
0: i'm trying to look for where it's written
1: it's a, in our document. It's um, you know, J O U L L E.
0: Oh, I have no idea, jewel. Joule? Jewel. Joule? Joule? Yeah, maybe jewel, like a like a killer jewel.
1: Ju- isn't these like also uh, like a like a unit or yeah, so something? Yes, it's
0: a unit like, of, energy, of energy, which makes yeah. sense for the 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 way the game. Oh works. yeah, right. So it's yeah. probably Joule. Yeah, so uh,
1: these Joel uh, becomes friends with these energy cores, and these cores can be placed into frames, and these frames are shaped like animals or objects. And as you can guess, each core has its own personality. So there will be like gameplay mechanics involving the different traits and and abilities of these cores and the main character. And the other interesting aspect is that. There, there will be no traditional Metroid-like backtracking. So in Metroid, it's a, it's a game that's heavily based on the idea of upgrading your own character so you can go back to previously unexplored areas of the game, only you can unlock more areas because maybe now you have a higher jump or maybe stronger uh, weapons and you can destroy or open new doors. In this game, the backtracking will be that because the game it's an open landscape, that is affected by these shifting sands. So as the sands shift and move, you, they will unlock uh, new areas and new, you know, new uh, levels of the game. So you can revisit old uh, areas of, of uh, the, this open world. Only that it's not, at least from what I gathered in the interview, it's not based on a Metroid Prime mechanic. It's based on these, uh, like. Uh, geological aspect, uh, which is kind of cool, I guess. But I still need to need to see this game in action uh, because the video looked nice. But you know, we can be easily fooled with these types of videos. So we need we need gameplay. And I, I told you already. I, I think I'm gonna buy an Xbox next year. So I, I need to play all these all, all the video games, Mike. I need all the video games.
0: I'll I'll order them to you. So you can just get them all directly, like, I'll just put in an order.
1: But only if it's, like, directly, like Satori Wata does, you know? You know the meme, directly to you?
0: <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> oh, just Google directly to you, Satori Wata, and you will see, like, the, the little gesture that he does. Um, speaking of Nintendo, Super Mario Maker will actually offer built-in levels on the disc made by Nintendo. This is interesting, because I I told you I'm not interested in this game, because it, it looked to me as it was only focused on creation and downloading levels from other people, and I said I need to play levels made by the company that makes the game. Now, this is better, you know, there will be a 100 pre-built levels, which is nice. Uh, I, I'm still not sure... Whether I want this game or not, because even if even if these levels are great, it doesn't feel to me like a true Super Mario game. I know I don't mean it to, to to sound like, you know, like my taste is impossibly sophisticated. It's just it doesn't feel like a true new Mario game in in the in the series. Well, one of the things
0: that you said last week that I think a few people missed out on, because we got quite a few people contact us to say. About the fact that there's going to be levels on this game. Was that there needs to be a story. Yeah. And I haven't seen anything that says there's going to be a story. And there probably won't be one.
1: I know that it's kind of. Unnecessary. Like. The story component in Mario games. It's a very superficial one. Usually. Uh, I don't know. But this feels to me like. Like a game maker. Type of. You know video game, and there's, like, demos for what you can do. And I... I I don't know. It doesn't feel like... like... Those,
0: those levels are there for inspiration more than for playing? Yeah. yeah. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, I'm gonna get it, but...
1: Oh, so you can tell me about it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, w- I will get it. I will get it, because I, I think it, there could be some fun in there, but we'll see. Awesome. We'll see how it actually ends up playing out.
1: Awesome. So, before we... Uh, we talked about uh, one of the games that you got that involves Yarn, Mike. There's a there's an article on Boing Boing, uh, on the history of Yarn in video games, and there's a lot of stuff I had no idea existed. So I, I learned two things from this article. There used to be, at Nintendo, some people, many, many years ago... Uh, we uh, were planning a Nintendo um, knitting machine? Is that how you say it? to n- knit?
0: Yeah, yeah. That's really super weird.
1: That's super odd. So in theory, you should have been able to connect this machine to an, uh, an NES and like see patterns of like you know the sketches of whatever you need to compose on the on the TV screen and then do the actual. Manufacturing on the machine—it's super weird. It was never released,
0: probably because it was super odd. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why anybody would really want that.
1: There's also an entire culture in Japan, like a, like a—I don't know if it's a trend or a movement or a type of object. It's called amigurumi, and it consists of knitting like small animals and other characters or figurines. And if you Google Amigurumi, you can see all sorts of examples of these, like, yarn-based toys. They look adorable, super cute. Uh, But that's probably the inspiration for Nintendo, you know, and Yoshi. And, and all these other yarn based beta games, 2 from Nintendo Yoshi 1 and, and the Kirby 1 and this new Unravel from for Xbox that they showed at E3, that it looks really good and also of course Little Big Planet on Playstation, it looks it, it sounds like in the past decade this amigurumi movement kind of took off in Japan So mm-hmm. it, it explained many things for me
0: I'd never heard of this or seen me this neither. before but it me really neither. does seem to make sense
1: yeah, yeah, and according to Wikipedia it became popular around the early 2000 so it makes sense, because in the past decade we've seen this type of video games, and kind of artwork style more and more so it makes sense Um, last link from me at least, Mike Uh, apparently Reggie Filsame of Nintendo feels really good about the company's performance at E3 the announcements that they make uh, you know, about Mario and well, Animal Crossing. He's yeah.
0: going to say that whether, whether he feels that way or not, though, right? Like, he's not going to yeah, be like, yeah, gonna... I don't think we did a good job.
1: It's gonna... Well, it'll, it'll be welcome every once in a while a bit of honesty, you know. Anyway, um, I, I I suppose it's impossible to, to kind of see the kind of honesty from these people. Anyway, he knows that people want to see a straight-up Metroid game. And also... Okay, you know that, that's great, so make it happen. Um, he compared the Metroid Prime Federation Force, which I, let's just say that I criticized this game for the 3DS, to the disappointment and the kind of backlash that happened in video game forums and magazines uh, back in 2000. Two when Nintendo announced the cell shading uh, game for uh, you know the Zelda Wind Waker, and that's true. I do remember that people went crazy over the new direction for Zelda, especially because Nintendo at Space World I think in two, t- 2000 or maybe 2001. So Space World used to be the 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 kind of the convention that Nintendo used to have, kind of like WWDC for Nintendo. And it was a Nintendo only event. They showed this mature next generation Zelda. And I-, I think I remember that was the timeline. And instead they kinda changed course and showed this Wind Waker game. And people went crazy because it looked, you know, cartoonish for young people. It was called Zelda for Kids. The basic problem of this comparison is that Reggie is trying to rewrite history, I think, because, okay, that Zelda was different, but it was still a main Zelda game, with Link, with Zelda, with Ganondorf, and, you know, it was a traditional Zelda game wrapped in a new engine that was meant to highlight different aspects of a Zelda game, such as the fashion expressions of people, which was a new aspect for, you know, a Zelda game. And he was using the cell shading engine for video game mechanics. It wasn't just a look. It was also a very important aspect of the game itself. And so trying to compare this new Metroid game and only focusing on Yeah, it looks for young people. That's not really the problem. The problem is that this one is a Metroid Prime game without Samus Aran, without the main story of Samus. And this is an easy comparison for him to make because you could just say, yeah, people reacted wildly you know, very negatively to Zelda Wind Waker, and we just ask you to trust us with this new Metroid Prime game. And I can give Nintendo the benefit of the doubt, because, you know, especially next-level games, they're in charge of this new Metroid Prime game. They know how to make good video games. But it's not the best comparison to make, because you're trying to... You're trying... It's... You're focusing on the wrong aspects, because Zelda, okay, was different, but Wind Waker was still very much a Zelda game. And this one, it's like you're simply using the Metroid Prime name for a game that's not really Metroid Prime, so you're just trying to leverage the brand to get people who know Metroid Prime to buy this game, while instead you're you're causing the opposite effect. You're upsetting people who are in love with the Metroid Prime series and with Metroid in general, and you're 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 disappointing them because this is not this is not a Metroid Prime game. And I would have th- this wouldn't be a problem. I could accept a, a, a cartoonish Metroid Prime game if it was a, a main Metroid, you know, game about Samus with story with exploration. But this is a, a a shooter game that just uses the Metroid Prime name. A, 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 you know based on what we've seen so far so it's not the best comparison to make it's unfair to compare this game to Wind Waker and it's unfair for Wind Waker because it was so much more than just looks that's my my take
0: I do think it's weird that they're comparing the two because like this Metroid game is not even a Metroid game it's like some other weird thing Mm -hmm. you know It's just very annoying. Very annoying. I do have one link that I wanted to share, Federico, I saw just before we started the show today. If you remember, a few weeks ago, uh, I played Pokemon Shuffle on 3DS, and we were talking about it, and all of the IAP and stuff, like the Match 3 game that it is. Mm -hmm. Um, And we speculated at the time well, at least I said from playing the game that I felt that this was perfect for iOS and Android, like the way it Mm -hmm. played, all of the IOP stuff that was in it. Well, it's coming Um, later this year. uh, Sometime in 2015, um, Pokemon Shuffle will be available on iOS and Android. So it's, it's worth noting this is not Nintendo this is the Pokemon Company, right? That this isn't one of Nintendo's mobile games that they've been talking about. This is something else, um, and this isn't the first Pokemon uh, game or app to uh, be on mobile devices. Hmm. So,
1: but do it, you think this there... will this will make sense better? Like, make more sense on iOS than yeah. on the 3DS? Yep. Hmm
0: definitely, because this is a game that is more suited, I think, for me anyway, or at least for the way that I play games, to play in this kind of format than to play uh, on, the, on the 3DS with the stylus and stuff it makes more sense to me to play with my hands
1: nice alright we'll, we'll see how it goes
0: Alright, right, so I've been playing a couple of new releases, uh, which I want to talk about, Federico. uh, Mm -hmm. Two very, very, very different games. Uh, But before, uh, before I do that, I should take a moment to thank our sponsor for this week's episode, and that is Igloo, the internet you'll actually like. With Igloo, you don't have to be stuck at your desk to do your work. You're able to manage your task list from your laptop whilst you're seeing a client. You're able to share status updates from your phone as you're leaving their office, and you can even access the latest version of your file from home. If you want to, you can even do this in your pajamas and nobody will know because these days everything is mobile, your work should be too, and Igloo definitely is. They thought about this from every piece of their system in making it so you are able to use whatever you want, wherever you want their... Include stuff is all responsive, so it looks great on all manner of devices, and it's really configurable. You can make your intranet look and feel exactly as you want, and you can make it look and feel like a place that you actually want to be in. And thanks to group spaces, role-based access permissions, and an easy drag-and-drop widget editor, you're able to create and customize the platform to fit exactly how each of your teams work in your organization they also have great document stuff as well so you can not only integrate services like box google drive and dropbox into one big easy to secure platform to make sure everybody's got the right access to the right documents they also have a collaboration system where you can put files and people can download them and comment on them and stuff as well and they also have read receipts to make sure that everybody in your organization has seen the documentation that they need to see it's time to break away from the internet you hate you can go and sign up right now for igloo and you can try it for free for any team of up to 10 people for as long as you want sign up right now at igloosoftware.com slash virtual thank you so much to igloo for their continued support of this show so Federico, I've been playing two... I've played, I played a couple of hours of two games this week, two new games. Okay. Uh, one is Batman Arkham Knight, and the other is Yoshi's Woolly World, because it came out here this week. Uh, it doesn't actually come out in North America until October. Mm-hmm. So we win.
1: Tell me about the Batman.
0: Okay, so... Uh, completely next-gen... Um, And when I say this, when I put the disc in, it prompted a 3.5 gigabyte update file. Oh, Um, nice. (laughs) uh, Luckily, this was just for network stuff. Uh, I just couldn't use any network features, um, Hmm. but I could continue to play the game. Um, And also it did that thing, which all of these games tend to do these days, where it's like, hey, we need to install the game. And it's like, oh, you can start playing now after a couple of minutes. I was like, great, start the game up. See the loading screen, uh, select to start a new game, select the save place. Oh no, we need to complete completely install, wait another 10 minutes. So I'm sitting there waiting. Um, so the you know these are the things that you kind of have to get used to, but it's it continues to be frustrating to me that we need to go through all this stuff. Um, it then starts with the scene. They showed this scene off in, at E3 as kind of like the final kind of trailer. They showed the opening scene to the game where you are playing uh, as a cop, um, some description, but there is voiceover before this of, and it is uh, Commissioner Gordon. is his voiceover, and it's like starts off like this is the story of how the Batman dies. That is Mike from Breaking Bad. Hmm. Um, wow. I identified with my ear. If I'm wrong with that, the guy sounds a lot like him, but it definitely sounds like him. Um, and so the, the, the great the opening scene is great. You don't play as Batman, you don't play as Commissioner Gordon, you play as like a police officer who's in a diner and uh basically Joker's dead, right? That's how the game starts, because I believe you 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 he, he dies in previous in the previous games. Um there's no spoilers here that, that haven't already been shown on the videos of the trailer, right? If you've seen the trailer, you've seen all this stuff. Uh and there's a great opening scene, it really sets the scene very well. Like there is now a, a, a crime in Gotham. There is uh, the Sam uh, the Scarecrow has created this gas and everybody has had to leave, they evacuate the entire city. Uh, so you have free reign of the entire city and all that's left is the criminals because they're there just messing stuff up. Um, like, basically, this is the template of these previous games. So uh, they had what well, Arkham City and Arkham Asylum were the previous games. This is Arkham Knight. Uh, the fighting is great fun there's a lot of cutscenes that are nicely integrated into all of that you know it's a lot of like uh button mashing melee combat type stuff um but they have you know i would say you know i I wrote in my notes holy crap batmobile i think i'm just going to call this the holy crap mobile it's incredible the batmobile in this game is so much fun to use it's super easy to drive um There's this customised, basically the the controls are a bit weird on it, but there's this customization that you can do after a certain point in the game to make the break be the right way that you'd want it to be. It's difficult to explain, but uh, if you are having trouble with the Batmobile and you're playing this game, I'm going to put a link in the show notes that enables you to toggle the battle mode stuff. It's just the controls are not configured correctly, and you can only change them after a certain point in the game for reasons unknown super weird but you're able to change it and it kind of works exactly the way that you'd expect a, a car in a, in this type of game to work with like the triggers for accelerate and brake um really weird uh but it's basically this vehicle can kind of just drive through everything um it's really fun to drive around with and you can kind of blow stuff up and it's it's i like that it's a lot of fun um, the detective mode is always an interesting thing. It's where the game kind of goes into stealthy, and you have to like plan out your attacks. But one of the things that I really like about this game is it doesn't force you into that. Like you can spend hours like just slowly going through these levels and like picking people off in complete silence, or you can just get a bit frustrated and then just jump down and shoot everyone. Not shoot everyone, like throw bat batarangs at people and start kicking people in the face. You can do, yeah, you know, and I like that you can kind of do that yourself. And the story of this is incredible. Um, there are some huge plot twists that I never would have expected like within the first hour uh it's i'm I'm like nine percent in there are a bunch of different mission types that you can do. I'm just following the main story track right now because I'm super interested into where it's going, but I am loving loving this game it's like it's open worldy, right you can choose where you want to go choose the missions you want to do but i'm following the main story track right now because it the the story is fascinating like it is written so well Uh, i can see how this has been rated so highly i'm absolutely loving this game this is one of those games where like i i bought it then i had to go away for a few days and all i was thinking about was just when can i play this game and, nice. and I'm already thinking I need to. I oh know I need to record again in a couple of hours today, but I'm probably just going to try and squeeze in another hour of this game. Nice, really fantastic, really fantastic. Do you have any questions at all about Batman?
1: No, not really. I'm, I never watched a Batman movie or read the comics, uh, so I'm so fascinated game, by.
0: It's a really great game, but I don't yeah. think it's a game you'd enjoy. Because I don't know Batman. Yeah, and also it's, you know, I don't know if this is your type of game in general, like the open world um, kind of mission-based game, because you're not really mm-hmm. a Auto guy either.
1: No, um, not much.
0: Yeah, because the, that's the type of game it is, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't think you'd enjoy this very much, to be honest. No. But I'm happy that you like it. It's very, very, very good. <laughs> very, very good. Um, it feels like the first next-gen game to me.
1: That's quite the, quite a praise from you.
0: Um, the next game that I have is Yoshi's Woolly World. Mm-hmm. Um, the amiibo is amazing.
1: Okay. How did, does it feel?
0: Did you see my picture? Yeah. It's fantastic. It's exactly, it looked exactly as I hoped, but not what I expected. Because uh-huh. I didn't expect it to be as good. I I thought that it would be a bit shoddy, you know? But it is mm-hmm. amazing. It really, really is awesome. Uh, it looks fantastic. The, it feels great. The little guy, I've got him sitting on my desk now. He's mm-hmm. super cool. Uh, this is the type of stuff that they need to be doing with Amiibo just like fun, interesting things, not just these plastic figurines. Yeah. Um, so, how?
1: what about the game?
0: So, I have played a couple of hours of this and I have only played in co op. Okay. Because this definitely feels like uh, a game for me and my girlfriend to play. Mm hmm. Uh, no day one patch or huge updates <laughs> when you put pl- put this game in i mean you know that it, it makes a big difference and it's really frustrating to me still you, you you put these games in and they're not done or something has to happen to them but this doesn't really happen with Nintendo stuff. Um there are updates every now and then, but like they happen over a long period of time. Like, this is a brand new game. I put it on and I was ready to go. And there's no network stuff, right? Because it tends to be the online things that they update, but it's a big difference from there was no frustration. I just put this game in and I was ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um story, as you were saying, story's extremely simple. You know? Of course. Yep. Yeah, the Yoshis are turned into Yarn. No, no, they are already for already some yarn. reason. No, they're already yarn. I think. Oh, yeah, okay. they're already yarn, and, and somebody and like one of the the wizards. I can't remember their names. like the, you know, the wizards of Mario who shoot the little triangles and circles at you from the Kamek? Ones? Yeah, comes and turns them into yarn balls and picks them up and takes them away. And okay. Basically, the idea is you need to go through every level. If you collect the five hidden pieces of yarn in the level, you get a new Yoshi configuration. So different colors. Right, some description, different type of Yoshi. They look different. You can change between them at any point, which is really cool. So you can have a different look for your Yoshi, and there's tons of mm-hmm. them. And this ties in with the Amiibo, right? So I put my Mario on, and now I have a Mario Yoshi. Um, and the, when you're playing in single-player mode, the Yoshi, a Yon Yoshi Amiibo, what it does is you put it on, and it brings another Yoshi into the game, so it's like mm-hmm. playing co-op when you're playing in single-player. Yeah. The co-op stuff is super easy. It's like jump in, jump out, when you start any level, it says you want to play this in solo mode or co-op mode, and the game works perfectly in co-op mode. Um, you can kind of work together, or you can sabotage each other, sometimes accidentally. Like, for example, uh, when I'm trying to jump over a platform, my girlfriend is trying to attack a, a bad guy at the same time, and then she ends up eating me, um, and then turns me into a yarn ball, which she can shoot around. Um, she, this is, I think, the first game that me and Edina have played that she seemed to really, actually enjoy. Mm, nice. Um, she she liked Nintendo Land, but there were things about that that frustrated her. Actually, she, she she seemed to enjoy Mario Kart as well quite a bit. We we had fun playing that together, but she seemed to enjoy this even more than I did. Um, and I like the game. It looks amazing, and it's a fun platformer. Um, but you know. She really just she really took to it and, and I'm happy about that and I've decided that I'm only gonna play this game with her. I'm not gonna play it on my own. Uh because I think that there is more fun for me in that. I mean otherwise this is a relatively simple platformer, but the real challenge in this game comes through the the, the finding of the items because I'm I'm not kidding, like there are some levels, I'm like looking around. This is like early in the game, like World One. I'm I'm searching for these yarns and I cannot find them because they're in like secret areas and stuff it's a fun game, it kind of gives you exactly what you'd expect, but the real thing about this is just how fantastic it looks, because it really really does look incredible very nice uh, I recommend it I I really do recommend it, if if you enjoy uh, simple Nintendo Mario-like platformers I think that this is a really, really great addition to that, Um, so I recommend it, I think you should give it a try
1: very nice, Mike I will make sure to see if I if I can find it, you know, maybe it's cheap. Out. It's out you know, in
0: all of Europe right now.
1: No, no, like maybe in a couple of months at a discount. Ah, yeah, I yeah. Could, I could check it out. Yeah,
0: do that. Cool. It brings us to the end this week, Mister Fittici.
1: Yes, it is, and I, I'll, uh, I'll. I want to talk about next week. I need to spend more time, but I'm playing with uh, with Rio from Street Fighter in Super Smash Bros. Oh yeah. I will. I will have more more uh, feedback from my. Because I only tested on the three DS, but I think I need to check it out on the Wii U. So I bought the bundle yesterday for Ryu and Roy from Frida Emblem. Um, on both platforms. So now I need to check out Ryu on the Wii U. See see how it works. I will I will report back,
0: Mike look forward to hearing it if you want to catch the show notes for this week don't forget you can head on over to relay.fm slash virtual slash 43 and thanks again to our sponsor this week igloo if you want to find me and federico online i am at imike i-m-y-k-e and federico's at vichichi v-i-t-i-c-c-i and we'll be back next week until then say goodbye federico arrivederci